It's the journey we're on and all of the little things that happen on the way to our goals that really make the difference. We're going to continue with the pursuit. listeners well we lied to you but it was unintentionally so (laughs) we thought it was going to be our last episode but we couldn't help ourselves so here we are again one last go around and in the theme of reflection and how we like to end our episodes with the what's it all about segment Todd and I were recently talking around what's this process been all about for us and what we've taken away from not only our guests but our listeners as they've given feedback and it really has been a learning experience so fortunately so Todd and I we're able to get together more recently. And this is the first time in what, six months, Todd? Yes, exactly. It was great to see you, man. You stopped by the Hall household. The boys were very excited to see you, which is always a special moment when John Barnes comes over. Um, I, then... I will have to say, I thought I, I thought you were having somebody else over because I walked in, the fireplace was going, you had the charcuterie <laughs> board out. You were making up some signature cocktails. I thought you were having someone else over. I was like, well, who are we waiting for? Dude, well, if you remember, you only had a one-hour time slot on the calendar. You remember that, right? I had, hey, I, I had stretched that into four. Plans. I sleuthed my way into four yeah, hours you, at the Hall house. You went from a one-hour time slot to having dinner at our house and staying for, you know, half half the day. So it was, but it was, it was. <laughs> It was awesome. All, all joking aside, um, we, when my son Ben saw John walk through the door, it was just that those are the kind of moments that, uh, that you want to have. And it was cool to see because John's not only developed a great relationship with Ben, but my entire family, we were so excited to have you over. So thank you for being a part of it. Uh, and you mentioned the signature cocktails. Uh, what else could I have made than a <laughs> drink that reflects, as we found out in episode five, the, not only my first name, but John's dad's first name as well. What did we have? Hot toddies. Of course we did. Of course we did. And John didn't even know what a hot toddy was. Just full disclosure. Well, also, I thought you were just going to be bragging on yourself. You said hot toddies. I'm like, are you just thinking you're looking mighty fine today? (laughs) Like, what's the deal? Yeah, well, it's not. Yeah, it's not beneath me to brag about myself. People who know me well know that I uh, have no (laughs) no issues with that. But uh, it was very apropos. And what it did is it actually inspired episode six, didn't it? We were sitting around the fireplace and having a couple of hot toddies. And my wife, Heidi, and John and I were conversation about pursuing the process, some lessons learned from the first five episodes. Heidi is always a great source of feedback. Um, and so we just, we always bring her into this process. And um, it's, it was, uh, I think, a great chance for us to reflect on the first five episodes and putting this out into the universe in 2021, our perspective on what we heard and the lessons we learned and things we took away. And as we boil that down, it really is, we want to bring you into that conversation we had around the fireplace, because it kind of boiled down into three main topics. As we thought about it, I think the first, really the first theme that we saw in the first five episodes in 2021 was this idea of taking risk and the benefit of taking risk. And really that storyline stood out in the first three episodes. You can think about Paul Ryder starting a brewery out of his neighbor's garage and leaving a very successful career. Sam Hauser transitioning from playing basketball with his brother in the only state that he knew, taking a risk and ending up in the NBA. Over Vivek Pandey, who uh, left a high-paying, uh, high-powered law firm in L.A. to transition into a, a world of academia where he's done incredibly well and impacted so many students' lives. Taking risks has been a foundational part, I think, of, of really many of the stories we heard. 
and, uh, you know, served as a reflection point for me, certainly in, in my life. Um, you know, as many of you know, I'm going through a career transition right now and left a place that I, I knew and, and worked at for 19 years. And I think this, uh, this theme of taking risks has certainly resonated with me as I look to transition into that next phase of my professional career and taking a risk and doing something different than I've done for the first two decades of my professional life. And so I think it's been a very impactful theme for me. Do you think having this podcast and guests on that talk about taking risks and showcasing what they've actually done has propelled you to make sure that you're not going to settle on whatever next move it is and make sure that you are taking something that challenges you? I absolutely do. I mean, I'm, I'm now seven months into this process of being on sabbatical and looking <laughs> for that next opportunity. And I have loved uh, a lot of it, but some of it's been hard. Some of it's been really challenging. And um, sometimes do question those thoughts creep in. Am I making the right decision and transitioning from a, a large corporate environment in a place where I did pretty well for myself um, to a place where I'm, I'm not probably going to know anyone. I'm going to transition to a smaller company. There'll be things that I'm going to have to learn how to do and be put into a whole new environment. And, um, you know, this, this, even this process of networking with so many people to try to find that opportunity. I've networked with probably over a hundred people. I didn't know before this. It's been, it's been really helpful and beneficial for me in some ways, but incredibly humbling in others where I realized I didn't have the kind of relationships and network that I needed in order to make this effective transition. And it's been, I think a good humbling experience for me. And John, I think you'd agree. That's something I really needed. Oh, humble you are, Todd. I know we joke around <laughs> your humility, but you actually do showcase so much humility in your day-to-day. -day. And as I think about the guests and what they've taught me is so much you have to think for yourself when taking risks. And it's so easy to follow what society tells us, but to be courageous enough to, one, take the time to internally develop awareness to know what you want, and then, two, take that step in that direction takes a lot of guts, and it puts things into perspective. Because I thought, wow, what a risk I'm taking. I'm moving across to San Francisco from Wisconsin, right. packing the car and going. And then you hear stories of, people leaving state, leaving these jobs, leaving these relationships that they know and have developed, starting up new endeavors. And it's like, wow, okay, my risk. Yeah, that's awesome for me. And it's a big risk for me, but also it's, it makes all these other risks so much more palpable and achievable in the way of, it's not something so extreme that I can't reach. Well, and what have the benefits been for you through that experience? I think a big thing has been continue to put myself out there. Anyone who knows me knows I'm not a shy person by any means. I tend to be an out there gregarious person but when you move someplace new like you were talking on your network i realized that with my friendships of yeah back in milwaukee where i was living prior it was so easy to be busy day after day of parties events board game nights movie nights there were all sorts of things going on and then i moved someplace new it's a reset no one knows who i am i don't know who they are and you want to make friends you want to form relationships that foster the kind of life you want and it really challenges you to be like okay I can't be complacent in my relationships. I have to go make efforts. I have to put myself out of my comfort zone. And that's what it comes back to for me is continuing to seek discomfort because I've realized that the experiences I've had in my life are always on that edge. And once you push past your own comfort zone. I totally can echo that. I remember when Heidi and I moved to Portland, we had never even been to Portland before. I accepted, accepted a job out there and it was just the two of us and we had to rely on one, one another. And it certainly fortified our relationship. This is before we were married, but I knew through that experience it just re reconfirmed to me that Heidi was the person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with because we had that shared experience and we couldn't rely on anyone else except each other. So mm -hmm. it, was, it, it was a great opportunity for us. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And it makes you prioritize the relationships that you want to have. So knowing no that doubt. you can still foster that showcases a lot right there. But yeah. I remember even talking about this podcast. This was yes. a little bit of a stretch for you, too. This is a little bit of a risk. 
Oh, for sure it is. I mean, it's one thing to put out a podcast like you and I did back when we worked together in a safe, contained environment where you're putting it out to people you work with. And the themes are all about safe topics, like things that pertain to your work function and the industry that you're in. It's one, another thing to take a whole universe of stories and concepts and themes and try to boil it down to something that people want to listen to. Not that they're being forced to listen to, like I used to make my, my team listen to the, the old version of this. Right. So yeah, we've put, we've put this out into the masses, into the world. And uh, it's, it's, it makes me uncomfortable at times to be able to, to, to be able to think that someone wants to listen to what you and I have to say um, oh, gotcha. and, and to promote it. It makes me uncomfortable sometimes. No, I completely agree with that. It's humbling. So because people who do listen to saturated market, I know we are so appreciative of listeners. We gain just as much from having guests as we do from listeners who give us feedback. This is such a growing experience for us and it's really grounding. And that brings it to the second point. I think we th- saw as a theme is living in the present. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about Keith's story and all that he had gone through and what he faced in adversity from poverty cycles to his brothers, but he found ways to be in the present and spend time in that mind frame to move him forward. And you think about Gabby too. I mean, she focused so much around empathy and what was developed from her experiences in Indonesia, seeing other countries more impoverished than her own. She's found ways to live in the present and find ways to propel that into her giving nature and just continue to build into others' lives. You're absolutely right. I think that is one of my biggest takeaways from both Keith and Gabby, but especially Keith was just how focused he was on living in the present and cherishing the opportunities that he had, whether it was with his family, his friends, um, certainly reflecting on how the tragedies in his life have made him the person that he is, but using them to make sure that he was grateful for the opportunities that he had. And I think there's, there's evidence that would suggest people who live in the present, and John, you and I have talked about this a lot in the past, are the happiest. If you spend at least half of your mental energy focused on the present, generally you're a happier person. People who mm-hmm. focus too much on the future are anxious. They feel uncertain. Um, people that focus too much on the past tend to be a little bit more depressed and down about things and, and dwell on what they can't control. And so there's this sense of control that you do gain by being in the present. And I got that loud and clear from, from Keith. So I, I definitely agree, John, that, that that is an important aspect of these stories. And that actually brings me back to the accountability versus victim piece that you had, because everyone goes through their own battles in life. And as we sit and reflect on a year in the past, I'm sure everyone could pick it multiple times throughout their life in 2021, where shit is at the fan, things went unplanned, but it really comes to our own mindset is so much what dictates our perception on life. That's the lens that we see through. And for me, what I've realized is changing the environment is so big in cultivating the mindset you want. I remember up at a cabin recently, we were all up there hanging out as a getaway. And I left my phone in the car for the whole weekend and take mm. pictures. I didn't let other people do that stuff. I just completely disconnected. Yep. And it's so easy to say, hey, mindset, train your mind, meditate, journal, whatever it is for you individually. But I think to really change your environment to foster that is a totally different ballgame because you have to make it something that's sustainable for you too. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think that is a great reflection and one that people, myself included, need to continue to focus on. The other aspect of this of being in the present, and we talk about happiness and how those two things relate, there's, there's also an aspect of gratitude here mm-hmm. that I think we, we absolutely heard from many of our guests. Because when you're more present, you're more mindful, you're, you tend to be more grateful. And I don't know which comes first, to happiness or gratitude. I haven't really figured that out yet. Are you more grateful because you're happier or more happy because you're more grateful. I don't, I don't know, but I, I will tell you that in my experience now of going through this job change, if you'd asked me, you talked about uncertainty. If you'd asked me 
beginning of 2021, if I would have thought I would have spent the last seven months of the year without a job, I'd have been like, you're crazy, you're crazy. <laughs> but here, here I am. And what have I learned from this experience? I've learned a lot of things. But one of the biggest things I've taken away is that I have at least once developed a habit around creating moments of gratitude for myself. And most of the time it happens during the most mundane things. We've had some awesome experiences over the last seven months as a family, had some great experiences of being able to travel with friends. We went to Iceland, Heidi and I did. I uh, took an RV trip, as I've talked about before, with uh, four buddies. My family and I have traveled to all kinds of different places. But the, some of the best moments I've had day where I think to myself, I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't have this experience if it weren't, wasn't for the situation that I was in, whether it was taking Ben to school or picking him up, whether it was going to the zoo with my kids, even just going for a walk in the middle of the day, like those little things that I, I think about, this is my moment of gratitude. There it is. And I hope that I can carry that forward even when I start back in the working world again, because it's such an important aspect of living in the present and I think happiness too. Is there anything you've thought that you can implement to create gratitude once you are back in the working world? Because it's not going to be sabbatical for the rest of the life, buddy. No. And I think I, I, I also think a lot about that um, in relation to what I, I learned. I read a book a long time ago called the, the, it's called the Power of Habit, I'm looking at it right now in my office by Charles Duhigg. And I think if you're going to create habits, you need to have three things. And Charles does a great job of, of giving you plenty of examples of this. You need a cue. So you need something to cue the habit. You need a routine. What are you going to do to create the habit? What is the actual habit itself? And then you need a reward for that, for that habit. And for me, I think that I have all those three things now. I have the cue, which is I, I just these little moments in, in time where I, I, I'm thinking to myself, I wouldn't be doing this right now if I had a job. The routine is I feel this boost of gratitude and happiness and the reward is I feel better. I feel better about my situation. I feel better about what I'm accomplishing during my sabbatical. Um, I feel better about my role as a dad and a husband. So I guess it's there. I hope I, hope I can find other cues that, that help me to continue that as my work, work world changes. And the power of habit is so important. It's day-to-day -day routines that build our lives. Another power that is very palpable is the power of storytelling. And I know that's another theme that we've touched on as our yep. third takeaway for what we reflected on. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. We talked about it in the origin story. If you go back and listen to the, why we created this podcast to begin with, it was partially because of the power of, of, of stories. And I think all five of our guests so far have had incredibly interesting and compelling stories, all very different, unique, coming from many different walks of life, backgrounds, ages, ethnicities. I'm proud of the diversity that we've created in the guests that we've had. And also, obviously, in the stories that they've told. And I keep coming back to this positive effect that the, the human brain has through storytelling. Um, it's, it's proven that the brain reacts very favorably to stories. Oxytocin has actually released a chemical in your brain, a very positive chemical. They call it the love chemical, John. It's released <laughs> in your brain. Probably the way you feel when you walk into a bar and you see that girl across the bar, right? But oxytocin comes out when you tell a compelling story. Maybe you should have a couple stories in your in your bag to tell prospective dates, but, <laughs> um, but it, it, it's powerful. It's real and it increases empathy. And it just, I think our listeners have experienced that. I know I've experienced that on, as being a, a part of this and thinking about, I'll never forget the five stories we've heard so far. I agree with that. And the fact that you think I don't have 
go-to stories just cracks me <laughs> up that you think I'd be so so silly of me. <laughs> but I also oh, laugh because yeah. the power of storytelling resonates so well. I mean, everyone can relate to a good book, a good movie, and stories that we've heard that really resonate. And I also, as even nerdy as it was, I was taking a LinkedIn learning course recently on the power of storytelling. And I was talking all the way dating back to Mayan culture. And the quote was, those who tell the stories control the world. And not that you and I are trying to control the world here, but I think the sentiment resonates because people are so drawn to stories. We remember stories. Same way we remember song lyrics. That's a story in a way, in musical format. And stories is what we take away from people's lives. That's what we learn from. That's what makes us feel in a unique way. It's one thing to memorize facts, but a story resonates in so many different levels. Yeah, I, I think back to episode five and how um, compelling and dramatic that story was that Keith told about you know the death of his brothers and then, then one of his best friend. And I got, I can't tell you how many text messages I got after that episode saying, people saying, I didn't expect to get that emotional during one of your podcasts, but people were in tears listening to that story. And I think it is because you get, you get so involved in it. You start to empathize more with the storyteller. People think now they feel like they know Keith and they know his story and can, can somehow relate to it. And that shows that connection there. And then I think back even to episode one, I would assume that Paul Ryder and Great Notion started up more traditional route and to know that he was stumbling sure. home and all of a sudden it was homebrew outside of front porch with his buddies. I was like, wow, what a cool story. I'm going to remember that. And I think a lot of people will remember that or other stories they've heard throughout these episodes. Yeah. And you think even back further in Paul's story about how he was a hip hop producer and an artist right. before that, you know, and he learned the hustle back then. And I think it was those experiences that then kind of created the foundation for him doing what he did at Great Notion. And so I think the, all these things build upon each other. And it's amazing to watch the story grow as the person tells it. And then you relate back to some things you heard earlier on. Another theme that we heard and we talked about in episode five was just the relationship between all five of our guests and their families, their parents, especially, mm -hmm. right? And, and how that shaped who they are as people, how it shaped their story, their experiences, their perspectives. And so those are the things that you start to reflect on in your own life too. And I, I know I've certainly done that as part of this. And I, I hope our listeners do too. Agreed. And it's such a connection point to human beings. I just want to touch on this one more time because I, I've noticed it reflecting being around the holidays, around family. I could tell people the updates of what I've been doing, what my job is like, what my life is like out in San Francisco. But at some point, that's just mundane. But all of a sudden, you tell them a story about this person you were with and the adventures you went through and you bring them into your world. Yep. That's how you connect with people is stories. And the power of storytelling has been such a unique takeaway from this. I always known it, but I think I've actually experienced it in a different way now that we're creating something to put out to this world is the power of storytelling. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And I think that relates to the connectedness that we feel to other people, um, whether it's in a professional setting or a personal setting, whether it's your friends, your family, your coworkers, those things all build bonds that last the test of time. So um, something I think we all can continue to reflect on. How does the power of storytelling compel you to continue on this process of creating a podcast? It's really the, the genesis behind why I want to continue this moving forward. I think it's been not only my personal experiences in hearing these stories, uh, but also I think our listeners' reactions to it, the way that those stories have touched them, inspired them. I know we had examples where um, you know, one person heard Paul's story and said, hey, I, I want to go, I've been thinking about starting my own business for a while. I'm finally going to, I'm finally going to do it. I'm finally just going to uh, get, you know, kind of jump outside my comfort zone and, and, and get after it. Um, you know, I've heard other uh, stories from people on how certain themes have touched them and they've been able to relate to certain experiences in their own life and maybe use what they've heard 
uh, to look at things in a different light. Um, I know that there was a, a, a topic that came up with Gabby around the difference between empathy and sympathy. And it was something that um, one of my friends that had a conversation recently with a family member about and it touched him in a way that he used that uh, experience from Gabby to, um, to connect to that conversation. So I just think there are other um, examples that will continue to accumulate and I'm absolutely energized. But what's your, what's your experience, Ben John, so far in terms of the impacts these stories have had on you or others? The impact it had on others is what touched me in turn. To your point, when people look at something differently, I've had a buddy reach out and he takes away a journal topic and he'll write on it after each episode. I've had buddies hit me up and just say, hey, listen to us at Car Ride and it resonated and they'll tie it to a piece of their life. That's what stories do. It connects people to people and it creates this momentum in life where it's a shared experience, a shared human experience and we're in it together. That's what's been so unique about it and what drives me forward and continue to create this. Yeah, and I'll tell you too, from a self-development perspective, um, I've learned a lot about the art of conversation and being a better listener, asking better questions. I think where I've seen us evolve over the first five episodes, you and I together, is our ability to create a more compelling story by asking more thoughtful questions, taking a little bit more of a risk in the questions yep. we ask, and just staying more engaged in the conversation to create the richness of the discussion. I think episode five was really, really challenging for us to try to navigate our way through Keith's story and mm. to do it in a way that enhanced the story, didn't get in the way of the story because there were times where he paused because he needed to collect his thoughts or his emotions or both. And we didn't break the silence by jumping in. It made us a little bit uncomfortable. I know we talked about it afterwards, but we, 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 we I think we're learning how to do this. Mm. But I also give them the appreciation for people who do this professionally <laughs> because oh gosh, yeah. now I look at interviews a different in a different light. And I think about people who do this in incredibly effective way. Um, there's a guy locally here who works for Spectrum News named Dennis Krause. You want to hear a great interviewer. He used to work for Spectrum Sports. Shout out to Tom Kurtz, my buddy who works there as well. Um, <laughs> but Dennis Krause is a master at this, you know, and, and just asking a really great question then sitting back and just listening. And, and that's um, something I think we yep. even learned from our listeners because they've given us the feedback, both positive of, hey, when you let the listener tell their story and you don't talk over them, that's what really creates this texture. And also in a negative way of, Hey, follow the conversation, keep building on it because right. hey, I'll be vulnerable with the listeners here. At the beginning, there were times I had scripted questions and I would hop to the next, or there'd be times where we'd end part of a conversation. I'd sit there and pause and we'd cut it out. We'd edit things up, but it's not perfect. Yep. Every go around be so much that I've realized one, it creates a better story. It creates something more compelling for listeners, but also it's more engaging for yourself selfishly. When I'm actually into a story, when anybody is, and they're truly listening that's when you're in that flow state. You're alive in that conversation. You're not elsewhere. Talk about living with the present. Part of being in the present is actively listening. When you're truly engaged in that conversation, you can't be thinking about what you're going to do next week, the problems that you had yesterday. It makes you and forces you to be in the present. And here's how that relates back to what we just talked about with this idea of connectedness to others. Matt, think about the last time, John, you were part of a great conversation where you knew the other person was truly listening to you and effectively sensing, responding, asking the right questions to enhance the story you were telling. Think about how that made you feel as the storyteller. And then think on the flip side, how bad it made you feel when you were trying to tell a story and someone was completely dis disengaged. Maybe they mm -hmm. were thinking about something else. They were distracted. They were on their phone, whatever it was. Think about the differences in those experiences and how much more connected you felt to the person who was asking the right questions and staying in the moment. I think that's something we all need to think about. And I, I know I've learned a lot in that regard. And that's something I'll take to challenge our listeners is... So often on the holiday season, we all see 
aunts, uncles, cousins, nephews, whoever it might be. And the question is, how's it been? And you know that the question, depending on the person, can be surface level. So I would challenge you to not only take things a step deeper, but actually ask questions that you want to be engaged in the conversation rather than just the pass by, how's it going? You don't really care what their answer is. You're just going to keep on moving anyways. Because people can see through that. People's BS readers are pretty good. And if they know you're asking a question <laughs> just for the sake of asking, like it doesn't take the conversation anywhere unique or special. But when you sit down, you come away from that 15, 30-minute conversation. It's not the duration that matters. It's the quality. When people get deep and they truly are there and they're listening to you, they hear you, you feel heard, that's the warm and fuzzies. That's when you walk away like, wow, what a great conversation. So I challenge everyone around that on the holiday seasons. It, it is a very underrated trait, but I talk about it and think about it often in my own life. People ask me for advice in my previous career. What makes a great professional salesperson, those kind of things? Curiosity is one of those things people do not talk a lot about. There's been some research recently about the power of curiosity. It's an underrated trait in people. The most interesting people that I know are the most curious. I'll just throw that out there. And I'm trying to work on that for myself to ask better questions, to be more engaged, to go a level deeper. And I think this opportunity with this podcast has given me that chance. I think there's a unique book out there called Curiosity Conversations by Brian Grazer. And it has oh, this yeah. concept where he'll go and reach out to people outside of his field of expertise and have a conversation with them. And he just wants to know about what's it like being in the music industry. What's it like being an astronaut? Obviously broad stroke examples, but try that in your own life. Go to somebody you don't know and just have the intention of getting to know them and understanding mm -hmm. their story. Very rare is that we do that. It often has selfish motives to it. So that unique idea of curiosity and genuinely just wanting to know more about somebody and their story, that's what's special. I think that's well said, John. I think to put a wrap on episode six and the 2021 year that was, uh, they really recap the three themes we talked about of the first five episodes. The power, number one, the power of taking risks. You heard it repeatedly throughout. Um, think about it in your own life. Maybe there's opportunities for you to take a risk and to be successful because of it. Second theme we heard was just the importance of living in the present and how that relates to your personal happiness, your levels of gratitude in your life, and the focus that people can gain from being in the moment. And then the third theme was the power of storytelling. We talked a lot about that here toward the end and the impacts it has on people, on relationships with others, on your curiosity in the world. And so I hope you've taken something away that you can utilize in your own life from the first five episodes. It's not really what about, about what John and I think. It's really about what you've taken away. Hopefully these reflections that will help to frame up some of the themes that you heard. And we certainly look forward to finding even more themes and learning even more as we continue this in 2022. And as we set our eyes on 2022, hope you all reflect coming up on New Year's. You know, it just tends to be a natural point of reflection in people's lives and challenge you to think about what pursuing the process is to you, what that means in different facets of your life, because it is so unique to each individual person. And we come with so much gratitude and love for all of you listeners spending the time listening to it. We hope that as you set your eyes on 2022, we're a part of it and along in this journey with you. Please interact with us, reach out, give us feedback, takeaways, guest ideas. This is about what we create together. It's not about the Tosh and John show. It's about the listeners and pursuing this process together. Thank you for being along on this journey and we'll talk to you in 2022.